Good morning, church. Glad to have you guys here this morning, and uh, I'm just I'm gonna say this every time. I will never get upset for a quarter of the church leaving right before I get ready to preach. <laughs> now you better be under 18, but uh, I love seeing the teenagers just walk out of here. It's a it's a blessing. So, um, so uh, yeah, we're in fall. I'm ready for spring. Yeah, um, these these freezing temperatures coming up that they. They uh, make me very angry, but uh, I know it's got to happen, and, and uh, you know, my wife and I, we, we do a competition every year of who will be the first one to cave to turn the heat on, so, and it was me this year, I'll have to say, I was like, can we please turn the heat on, and uh, I was wanting to get to November, but that didn't happen, but uh, uh, so there, cold weather's coming, we need to prepare for it, but uh, um, like, like Steve said, I know it's, it's weird to talk about Christmas before, uh, uh, before Thanksgiving or even before November, but uh, uh, we've got some great things coming up for Christmas. Um, uh, Christmas is on a Sunday, or Christmas Eve's on a Sunday. We have services, we have Christmas Eve services planned. Please keep updated on our Facebook page, because uh, I know a lot of people plan ahead, so please keep your eye on that. So, uh, this past week, we, uh, myself and all the Gateway staff from all over the campus, we did our staff retreat, and uh, it was up at North Bend State Park. If you've ever been there, uh, it's, it's beautiful, and the, the leaves were probably at their prime. Uh, I've never seen leaves that look like that, and um, I'll have to say, there's a lot of great things happening at the Gateway campuses, a lot, and uh, um, we, we had a visionary um, meeting, and uh, I'm telling you guys, Great things are happening here, amen? Um, you can see it, you can feel it, and we're excited. But, uh, you know, I got to know a lot of staff members, and uh, uh, we, especially when you play games like Trivia Pursue and, uh, and uh, Catchphrase, you learn a lot of, about people that you probably don't want to learn. Um, a lot of them learned that uh, I love Hallmark movies. I, I, I don't know why. I don't know why, but I do. They also learned that I have a ridiculous amount of teenage pop trivia. But they forget, I was a youth pastor for 20 years. I had to know that. So, um, so that brings us into our topic today, which is judgment. Um, yeah. What is actually our topic? <laughs> but uh, uh, before we dive into that, I do want to um, kind of recap from last week. Last week, I talked about priorities and and, you know, I challenge you guys, and I pray that you took my challenge serious. I told you guys just to take a couple moments throughout the week and sit down and kind of reevaluate your, your priorities. And like I said, I'm not saying your priorities were wrong, but a lot of times our priorities don't match up with the priorities that God wants to have in your life. Amen? Come on. And so I, I challenge you guys to just sit down and kind of relook at some stuff from, from a biblical point of view. And, um, you know, this past week we had a moment where my wife and I had to make a decision and uh, um, she said, well, we got to think about our priorities. I'm like, you need to stop listening to my sermon so much. Use it against me. But uh, so I pray that you guys had a great conversation about our priorities um, because that makes our life a little bit more, um, I don't want to say easier, but it, it makes it a little bit more rewarding when we know we're doing things in the order that God wants us to. Amen. And so we're going to get into judgment. So Matthew chapter seven will be the verse that we are going in. This is still in the Sermon on the Mount. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preface what's about to happen in the next 35 minutes, okay? We cannot go through this passage of Scripture until your heart's right. 
This is the number one scripture that non-believers in our secular culture know. I'm going to say it again. This is the number one scripture that secular culture knows. It's also one of the most known scriptures in our church and the church-wide. But it's also the most misunderstood and the most misapplied scripture. It's about judgment. And so what we're going to do today is we're going to talk about the context of what, this, of what Jesus was saying in this scripture. Because a lot of times when people use this scripture, they take it out of context. So church, this should be a challenge to you this week and weeks moving on that you really dive into your scripture. Now, we do not believe in a buffet Bible. We don't. We, we believe in the Bible as an entirety. So when you read scripture, especially like this one, make sure you read before and after. You can't just pick apart stuff. You can't pick apart the, 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 the steak of the Bible and forget about the broccoli of the Bible. Okay? It's all important. It all adds up to a healthy, fulfilling meal. And so preface this when I say, do not take this scripture out of context. And we're going to give you context that doesn't come from me, that it comes from Jesus and why he spoke this. So three things. Number one, we got to remember who he was talking to. He was major the majority. He was talking to the disciples. Number two, he was talking to Pharisees and religious leaders. And the third, he was just talking to common folk, just people that came to the hillside and was listening to Jesus during this time. So it says this, and we're going to start in verse 1. It says, do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. The King James Version basically translate it, translate it like this. Judge not that ye be not judged. So when we look at the scripture, there's three words that the majority of the people that read this take away. Do not judge. Don't judge me. And, that's the, and a lot of people use this scripture to justify their sin. Amen? A lot of people look at the scripture like, don't judge me. I live my life. Right? It's what I told you. You got to be in the right heart, heart condition right now for, for us to talk about this. Don't judge me. But Jesus says, not only should we judge, but there's a certain way in what, what we, how we judge. There is a biblical way on how to judge. Church, do you believe that? There is, but we have to learn it from Jesus and not about how we feel we should judge people. And so we're going to break this up in two, two sections. The first one is how, we, how not to judge. How we judge is wrong and it's a sin. And the second part of the scripture is about how we can't judge a way that scripture tells us that we can judge. Now, a lot of you is like, well, I was told you just, you never judge anyone. Well, if you judge to be judgmental, you are correct. If you judge without getting all the information about somebody or about someone, you are correct. Being judgmental is not according to scripture. 
Being judgmental is taking just a little piece of somebody's story and making a judgment on who they are, what they stand for, and what they believe. Church, that is wrong. Now think about it. If you have a teenage daughter and she's going on her first date when she's 38, (laughs) and some guy, some punk kid, pulls up in front of your house. He's driving a car that has more dents than, than, than tires. He, he's got a cracked windshield. He's, he's, he's dragging a traffic cone behind him, and he's got a, a, a glove box full of parking tickets. You can almost assume that this young man is not a good driver. And my daughter will not be getting in the car with him. Did I say my daughter will not date him? Nope, I didn't say that. I said, she will not be riding with him. So I'll be driving my daughter when I'm 61 on dates. And I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it, church. But we didn't have all the story. Right? But we make our judgment right off the bat. I never said she couldn't date him. I just said, he ain't driving. Right? We got to look at things and realize we have to look and we have to make a, what's it called? A good judgment. We have, we have to look and we have to, we have to make a good judgment. You know what drove me crazy yesterday watching the news? Made my heart go through the roof. Bridge day. People jumping off the, the bridge. No. <laughs> that is not of better judgment. <laughs> but when we look at it, we can't judge in the way that Jesus tells us to. Think of it this way. You pay someone to fix your car. When you get it back, it still doesn't run. You're missing a tire. And the change out of the, the cup holder is gone. You can almost assume that this mechanic is not very good. You're not just going to be like, hey, I can't judge you for what type of mechanic you are. Here, take my credit card. Right? Church, it's how we judge. So we're really going to dive into this today. And uh, we're going to take the Greek word for judge. And that word is krino, which means to make a decision by separating out the good from the bad. That's what judge means. Separating the good from the bad. So in a legal sense, it means to determine from the right from the wrong. So Jesus is saying, you need to separate the good from the bad. You need to to separate the right from the wrong. Now church, when we talk about judgment and we talk about the people in attendance, yes, Jesus was talking to the disciples. Why was he preparing the disciples? Because church, you need to understand, Jesus was about to take these 12 individuals on a experience, take these on a journey that they're going to run into thousands of people every day. And they are supposed to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. So they're coming in contact with these thousands of people every day. They cannot encounter those people with a heart of judgment. They cannot be judgmental. So Jesus is telling them, hey, we need to watch what we do and we need to treat people the same. Church, we do not know what's going on with everybody. This is an age-old story, but I'm going to share it anyway. I think most of you have heard it. But uh, there's a a father who was on a subway car in New York City, and uh, he had four kids. These four kids were acting like just monkeys, hanging from the ceiling, you know, knocking, just disturbing everybody on the subway car. And there's a businessman with a suit was sitting there in utter disgust, was just seeing these kids acting a fool and the father doing nothing, just sitting there and with his head down. 
And so the businessman stands up and he goes to the father and he said, you are a terrible father. You don't know how to control your kids. You don't know how to reprimand your kids. You don't even know how to raise your kids. And then the father looks up and he said, well, actually, sir, we just came from the hospital where my wife passed away and I have not told my kids yet. So on our way home, I'm letting them have one more moment of joy before I destroy their world and tell them that their mother is not coming home. Church, we do not know what people are going through. We don't know what is going, what battles they're fighting in their heart. We don't know what, what, what thing they just came out of and what, what just absolutely uh, devastating moment they just walked away from. So this businessman saw a bad father in actuality, he was a broken husband. Church, when we look at people, we need to give them the shadow of a doubt. Instead of judging them for how they act, what they do, maybe we should find out what's, their, what's really going on. So Jesus was talking to his disciples because they were about to come in contact with a lot of people that they had a lot of stuff going on. They came in contact with a blind man that was laying on a mat. You think they walked up to him and said, get up, lazy? Nope. They came in contact with a dead man named Lazarus. You think they walked up to him and said, hey, you're faking, get up. No, Jesus was preparing his disciples to encounter thousands of people every day. And instead of seeing their outward, he told them, you need to look at the inward. Look at what's inside. Look at their heart. Look at is what is going on inside of them. And church, it's a heart issue. When we look at people and we think that, you know what, they're just acting a fool. They're just, they, just, they just don't care about people or they don't care about people's personal space or they don't care about other people uh, 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 you know, being considerate. Well, church, has we ever thought about diving deeper with them? Church, we complain a lot about Christians being superficial, about believers being superficial and not diving deeper in the word or diving deeper into their relationship with Jesus Christ. What are you doing about it? Are you just telling them everything they do wrong? Are we doing what Jesus tells us to do and look at their heart? So when we, verse two, it says this, it says, for in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. And so what Jesus is saying is when you judge somebody, you just need to remember the same measure, the same form, the same format that you use to judge others will be used against you. Choose wisely. He's telling you if you look at somebody and you judge them right off the bat without hearing a word out of their mouth, it's going to happen to you. This is really hard for people in attendance to hear. I truly believe this is really hard for the religious leaders to, he to hear. We're going to get to them in a little bit. So he says, if you rush to judgment, others uh, judge others without all the facts, then you can expect this kind of judgment will be measured to you. Jesus says it will be measured to you. 
That means it's not just going to be thrown at you. He's, they're they're going to measure it. They're, he's, he's going to throw it right back and do what you just did to somebody else. If you do not forgive others for their sins, it says your father will not forgive you. So Jesus says not to judge, but he's saying not to be judgmental. James 4.12, the brother of Jesus, he told his audience this. There is only one lawgiver, there is only one judge, and who he is able to save and destroy. But who are you to judge your neighbor? So Jesus is telling them, when you look at somebody's life, you only get a, 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 a vision, a, a picture into their life via a window, right? We only see a glimpse of people's lives every day. You think you know somebody really well? Think about how much time you spend with them, really spend with them a week. Most of our judgment that we cast upon other people, it takes under 10 seconds to know how you feel about somebody. So we are basing our, our, our opinion or our, uh, we're judging people based on a 10 second window. Church, this is not okay. This is wrong. If you base your, base your judgment off of something somebody says, one phrase, one Facebook post, uh, one thing that you have heard down the grapevine that they have done, you are literally casting a judgment on somebody for a small window when you could, all you need to do is open the door and get deeper and a deeper relationship with them to find out why. Church, I'm not going to apologize. I told you this one is tough. And the reason why it's tough, I told you I'd be 100% transparent every time I'm up here. I struggle with this. I do. I really struggle with this. And I think we all do. And if you don't believe me, let's paint up this scenario. I think every single one of you have changed a side of a sidewalk that you have been walking on because somebody's coming towards you. Somebody that maybe doesn't look like you or act like you or maybe they're a little weird. Church, we all do this. That's why this is tough to hear. That's why I believe that Jesus brought this up because he had somebody from every type of group. He had the disciples, he had the Pharisees, the religious leaders, and he also had common folk. And he brought this up and he, he preached this with such a passion because he knows it happens. Church, we can judge without being judgmental. Do you believe that? We can. But you cannot do it yourself. Church, if you are trying to judge people with a heavy or a hardened heart, you're being judgmental. There's no way you can judge like Christ if you have a heavy heart or a hardened heart. You know, I shared a story in first service and you know, me personally, when I was growing up, I told you I, I was raised by my mother. My father died very young. I was an angry little boy. Now, was I angry because people made fun of my height? Nope, didn't bother me. Did I get angry because people made fun of the clothes I was wearing? Because I was wearing third—I mean, three-generation hand-me-downs, which kids now call vintage, which... Pay a hundred bucks for a t-shirt, get out of here. <laughs> but would I, was I upset about that? Nope, didn't bother me a bit. But I was very upset when I saw 
complete families that had a father and mother. That bothered me. So I was very angry. I was very bitter. And nobody gave me a chance because all they saw was my anger and bitterness. They, didn't, they really didn't care about where my bitterness and, and my hatred was coming from. Church, we have no idea what the person beside you is going through. Did they come in here frowning and disgruntled? Maybe. Do you know why? Okay, let me ask another question. Do you care why? Church, if we want to be the church that Jesus has called us to be, we have to care. Amen? Amen. We have to care. Then that's what Jesus is saying. He, he said, you, you need to judge, but man, don't be judgmental. Because when you're judgmental, you don't care what they're coming in with. You only care about what you see. Church, and I'll go on and finish the story when I was angry. Nobody cared about why I was angry. Believe it or not, I got suspended a couple times for talking. I got suspended a couple times because I, the language that came out of my mouth was not very good. I was very mad, very angry. And then I had a track coach. And he came to me and he saw he didn't see an angry, he didn't see an angry little junior high student. He saw a broken boy. He took the time to look at what was making me the way I was. He didn't, he was not judgmental of me, but he did judge me. He looked at my life and he saw that something wasn't right. And he had the love and compassion to reach out the way that the church is supposed to. So those ways are the ways we cannot we cannot judge people. You can't judge people by being judge, judgmental. You can't judge people by, by, by just looking at a little window of what their life is supposed to look like. We can't judge people because maybe they judged us. We cannot judge people in that way. But Jesus tells us exactly how we can judge people. And I'm going to stand up here and I'm going to tell you this before I get to the second portion. I want you to judge me. Now, easy. Before you cast the first tomato or boo at me, I knew it. I knew it. Nobody did it in first service. I was shocked, but uh, that makes my heart happy, actually. Um, but before you boo me, I want people to judge me. And the reason why is because I am not perfect and I make mistakes. I want people to look at me and notice that something's wrong. I also want people to look at me and, and have the respect for me and I have the respect for them that they can tell me that I am not doing what I used to be doing. Church, it's called accountability. It's called holding our brothers and sisters up to the standard that, that Jesus tells us in Scripture. How do we do that? How do we do that? Number, number one, we have to look in before we ever look out. We judge people for the stuff they have going on in their life. But you know what? Y'all got stuff going on too. We all have stuff that we don't do right. We all have stuff that we struggle doing. But yet we are more intent to help others or tell others what they're doing wrong before we address what is going on in our life. He tells us we need to look out before we, I'm sorry, look in before we ever look out. 
Let's go back to scripture. And it says, uh, verse 3 and 4 says, Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own? How can you say to my brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when all the time there's a plank in your own? Jesus was a carpenter. This is where this analogy comes from. Who taught Jesus how to be a carpenter, do you know? His father. So I can almost picture that there's a scenario where little boy Jesus, maybe he got sawdust in his eye or maybe his father got sawdust in his eye and they tried to pick each, each other's piece of sawdust out of their eyes. Church, that will not work. Church, that won't work. Another analogy, another example of how we're supposed to live this out If you're on a plane and the masks fall, who do you put on first? Yourself. You cannot help anybody else until you get your stuff together. Church, we judge people on the way they live, but we are living just just the same or even worse. Do you know this is one of the main reasons why people leave the church? Isn't one of the main reasons why people don't want anything to do with Christianity? Because we're living like the old Pharisees and we're telling them everything that they do wrong while we got our own stuff going on that we just choose to ignore. Jesus says at the end, he uses a word that nobody likes to use or nobody likes to hear. He says, you get the plank out of your eye and if you don't, what are you? You're a hypocrite. This word offends a lot of people and I don't know why. Church, we need to look in before we look out. We need to find out what's going on to us, with us. We need to get it together. We need to make decisions in our life. Like I said last week, we need to adjust our priorities and and we need to find out what we're doing wrong and we need to fix it. And then we can start to help to fix other people. Church, we all have that parent or that grandparent that cursed like a sailor. And if you would say the word darn, I would get grounded. But yet my mom used every word in the book. I'm like, are you serious? And she's like, yep. And then they used the age old saying, what is that? Do, Do as I say, not as I do. Church, that's an awful saying. It truly is. And now I can say it because I can say that because I've used it on my kids. See? Got my stuff together. So I can say it. Church, we need to we need to get our stuff together before we help others get their stuff together. You need to make decisions in your life where you get sin out of it before you help others get sin out of their life. Church, we're really good at picking others' people's sins out of the way they live. We look at their, the things that they do. We look at the way they act, the way they talk. And we're like, you are a sinful person. So are you, church. <clears throat> so are you. <clears throat> Jesus taught more about the idea of judgment. <clears throat> Sorry, I swallowed my tongue. It's weird. <clears throat> John 7, 24, it says this. Do not judge by appearances, but judge with right judgment. 
you can't just look at somebody with the way that they dress, <clears throat> with the way that they comb their hair. You can't look at somebody by the scars on their face and judge them and put a label on what type of person they are. <clears throat> Church, when we look at this, in 1 Samuel, we talked about David a couple weeks ago. David was a short little guy. David was not anything to write home about. <clears throat> he was small. He was, oh, thank you so much, Chris. He was small. He wasn't muscular. He wasn't, he wasn't uh, hitting Planet Fitness every day. But they say this in 1 Samuel, it says, The Lord said to Samuel, Do not look on his appearance or not the height of his stature, because I have rejected him, for the Lord seeks not as a man sees, but looks on the outward appearance. Church, listen to this. But the Lord looks on the heart. Church, are you looking at people's hearts? Are you looking on their outward appearance? When I worked at Honda, I was in charge of the hiring, firing, and retirement. And like I said, as long as it didn't happen on the same day, we were all right. But if we would walk 35 to 50 people into our plant every week to hire them. So everybody that came through, I had to evaluate them. And I'm going to tell you, I was not very good at this. Would I judge people by their outward, uh, outward appearance? I would. But church, I got burnt once. I got burnt. A, a man came in, his name was Ray, and he was uh, as musty and messed up as you could be. And I remember I wasn't even going to give him a chance. And I had somebody tell me, you don't understand. You will never regret hiring that man. So I brought him in, and I hired him. He's still there to this day. He's one of the hardest workers that have ever walked into that plant. And I didn't give him a chance because of the way he looked. Church, that is wrong. Favoritism and discrimination by appearance is wrong. Amen? It is. Church, when we look at the way that Jesus tells us to judge, we need to get our stuff together before we can ever help anybody else. Number two is we cannot judge people on their outward appearance. Now we're getting down to the meat and potatoes. Time to make a judgment. It's time to make a judgment. We got all the pieces. We got all the information. Now it's time to make a judgment. Church, I'm going to say it again. Don't boo. I want you to judge me. I want you to see the way I live. I want you to get all the information. I want you to keep me accountable. I want you to look at the way I treat people. I want you to look at the way I treat my family. I want you to look at the way that, that I, I, I treat my friends and my kids. Church, I want you to judge me. I want you to hold me accountable. And when I'm doing things that I usually don't do, I want you to tell me. Church, Scripture tells us that this is what we do. Galatians 6, 1 through 2, it says, Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person this is a key word, gently. But watch yourselves, 
or you may also be tempted. Carry each other's burdens in this way, and you will fulfill the law of Christ. Church, judge me. Help me. Hold me accountable. But do it gently. Church, that's the part that I don't think we do very well. I think gently is really not a word that we completely understand what it means. Church, there's a lot of people on the streets of the day that believe that churches don't know how to be compassionate. That will not be us, amen. That will not be us. When somebody in your life sees something that you don't about the way that you're living, decisions that you're making, if you trust them, if you love them, let them tell you. Let them keep you accountable. But church, that's what happens is, is, is when somebody that we love, that we trust, that we know our best interest is at the forefront of their mind, when they come and try to put us, uh, not put us in our place, but check us, we get offended. Don't you tell me how to live. Don't you judge me. Church, we need to have somebody in our life that they can come to us and they can say something to you and you need to respect it and you can, need to make the changes. I highly recommend it's not a spouse. I highly recommend it's somebody that is outside that sees the way you act, the way you treat people. Because spouses tend to be too nice most of the time. Spouses try to keep the relationship stable. But your accountability partner should not be someone that you don't trust. It should be someone that you can, you, they know that when they tell you something, they mean it. And they don't mean it because they're trying to be mean or harsh, but they mean it because they want to see you have a great relationship with Jesus Christ. Church, it tells us that if we see someone that's caught in a sin, and if you live by the Spirit, you could restore them gently. There is one thing that this country needs, and that is restoration. Church, it needs to come from us. But we cannot do that by telling everybody they're dumb, they're stupid, you don't know what you're talking about, you're ignorant. Church, we need to restore them gently, and that's why Jesus was talking about this. Church, I know talking about judgment is uncomfortable. I know it sparks something inside of you to get angry. Church, I would not be up here preaching this if I wasn't going through it too. I have people in my life that I know can tell me I'm doing something wrong and I respect it. And church, I am somebody's accountability partner that I know if they're doing something that they're not supposed to, I can go to them as well. Church, we are supposed to hold our brothers and sisters accountable. This is where context comes into play with Scripture. If you just read that, that small portion, that five verses of Scripture, yes, you probably feel like you're, you're doing the judging thing correctly, but in actuality, you're being judgmental. Read the whole book. Read the whole Bible. It'll tell you that we need to hold our brothers and sisters accountable. Amen? It tells us that time and time again. 
Church, in closing, I want you guys to take a moment today, tomorrow, and reevaluate the way you look at people. If you're judging them in a judgmental type of way, you need to stop. If you're looking at people and maybe your mentality is like, well, they can't do anything for me. They have nothing to offer to me. You're being judgmental. You're looking at them as a resource and not as a person. Church, this is tough. But because of the power of Jesus Christ, we can do this. Amen? We can do this. And that's what Jesus was trying to get to his disciples before they went on to that long journey that he took them on. I guarantee he looked at them and was like, we can do this. And because they stuck together and they had accountability for each other, that's exactly what they did. God, as we come to you in closing and we come to you in this moment, Lord, God, I know it's uncomfortable to talk about judgment, talk about judging, talking about the way we treat other people because I think it hits a nerve. God, my prayer is that everyone here, that they can take some time and really evaluate how they look at people. Scripture tells us that we're supposed to look at their heart. We're supposed to look at the inside, Lord. God, we have to be a city on the hill. We have to be a shining light because that's what the church is called to be. God, we need to stop being harsh. And God, we need to be compassionate for those that maybe they're struggling. God, I pray that you slow us down. Sometimes we don't help individuals or try, try to get into to what they're dealing with because simply we think we don't have enough time. God, my prayer is that you just slow us down. And God, that we can look at people the way you look at people. Amen. Simply this. If you're struggling with judging others, if you're struggling with something in your life that's keeping you from helping somebody else, I would love to pray for you. Maybe I was talking about this Jesus guy the entire time. You have no idea who he is. I would love to introduce you and ask you to join in a relationship with him. Church, we are in agreement with this. Like it says, man, we just need to speak Jesus over everything. Amen? Everything. Let's stand.